Minds and Bites podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal and there's Danielle and this guy It's the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal and there's Danielle and a guy named Mike and Lindsay Kelk. Tights and fights. I decided I wanted That's to do good. it like Logan because we have someone returning. So I wanted to do, if, the, if Tights and Fights was a movie, yeah. this is the one where <laughs> the people reunite and so you have to do the slow dramatic the version of the theme one. song. Beautiful. That was beautiful. That's great. <laughs> I'm going to take some beautiful uh, black and white Instagram videos to accompany this. I think yes. I think we have to do them in the snow. It had, the snow or in the sand or yeah. something where it's just like oh there's a tumbleweed like right. I, it's I, it's just a single drop of blood for no reason yeah, yeah. apparently it's part of the yeehaw agenda I don't know how that happened welcome to tights and fights the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves I'm Y2 Bay Danielle Radford Uh-oh. named after uh, my best friend <laughs> that's not true but I'll keep saying it I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation British Kelk style Lindsay Kelk that's me and. At long last, <gasps> from television, in, international music stages, and so much more, television. he is the newest Negro, That's the right. legendary Iron Hood. <laughs> it's Snap, Tap, Nap, or Rap, what? the returning Open Mic Eagle! Mike, hi. hi. It's been so long, it's we been, missed you, so but long. you've been busy doing things. For, I was. How have you? The, oh. the TV makes it seem like I'm still doing stuff. I'm not. <laughs> Not sitting at home. Sitting at home. Sitting at home. Hal would be here, you guys, but Hal had an important audition, and we don't stand in the way of anyone's careers. We don't. We're very supportive. Mike, how have you been? I've been mostly good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, I, that you sounds know, great. Look, that ain't bad. Mostly, mostly good. good is pretty good. It's, it's pretty darn good. You know, it's a hard town. <laughs> <laughs> they say this is a rich, rich town. <laughs> Sorry. I got to start <laughs> quoting power, and as soon as you get in here, I immediately start making the podcast blacker. And it's yeah! Like, I'm, I can just sit quietly in a corner. <laughs> I am so, you know, like I have a lot of liberal white guilt. So you That's guys good. just crack on. <laughs> I will agree with everything you say and donate wherever you tell me That's to. That's great. And we're all good. Well, speaking of, um, so for those who've been wondering where Mike has been for the last half a year, we've been joking about it and how, like, you know, Mike's doing great. Mike's, he's too famous to be on the podcast because like, it's not for me. I never felt like it was my place to like Mm. take a stand for Mike. Like it's not my job, but a bigger, the biggest part of it or a bigger part of it is that Mike's just kind of sworn off WWE for a while. You want to talk about it? Uh, yeah. Um, last September Mm. when there were initially rumblings about them having brought back the orange goblin for, um, for Mm. the, the Saudi Arabian show that was already testing, uh, all of my moral fiber. Tap dancing um, on them nerves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's, I, I was kind of locked and loaded on my computer. So where, like, as soon as I saw uh, an announcement that he would he was on television, I would just cancel everything <laughs> right then. Mm-hmm. So I canceled my subscription. Um, I took Raw and SmackDown off of my DVR um, and have not watched a moment of WWE programming since last September. I mean, it doesn't help because you did do it because you believed in something, mm-hmm. but also you have missed nothing. Well, you know, that's the thing, right? Like, <laughs> I thought there would be some massive FOMO, and there has been none. No. Because literally, anytime like WWE stuff is like trending and you look at it, it's like, oh my God, this sucks. <laughs> Worst show ever. Well, and it's also literally, yeah. I, I don't know if someone tweeted it or pointed it out on Squared Circle. I don't want to take credit for it, but we're right back to where we were a few months ago. Yep. Like the same feuds are, like most of the exact same feuds Put are the happening. the belts back on the same people. Mm. Like nothing. So sad. Mm. Yeah. No. And also with, with this Raw reunion coming up. No. Uh-huh. No, thank you. Do uh-huh. not want. Uh-huh. Do no. not want. That's super good. Orange Goblin status, right? Yeah, they're doubling down on it. That's what's quite scary. And I do remember us talking about this months ago before you left us Mm -hmm. for very valid reasons, as we've established, Uh but saying how like, oh, but it won't happen. It won't happen. And we're like, you know, it will, because there is that it's going to depend on 
whether or not that portion of the audience that wants it back is louder and stronger and will spend more money than the people who don't want it. Mm. And I wanted to be optimistic and be like, no, it, it will be louder. The people that want the right thing will be louder. And obviously a meeting happened where they all sat in a room and said, no, no. Because there, there, not- there have been boos. But there it- have been booze, but I'd like that to be... I was at Mania when he came out, and it was dark, man. Like, it was the weirdest thing to see people I know and love, human beings I have been friends with, stand up and cheer. Jesus. Even though they will sit there and say to you, like, oh, he's a racist, I don't want him around, he sucks, I'm fine without him. But, but they- when he walked out, they whether they were caught up in the moment, whether it was mania, madness, or if secretly they just, their nostalgia kicked in and they wanted him back, I don't know. But it was hard to see and hard to be in that stadium on that moment. What I, what I think is part of it, too, is that the reason they expunged him from history to begin begin with wasn't because they felt like their audience didn't want to see him. It was more about their stock price. Wow. More about, you know. Everything with them is a money decision. Right. And so what ended up happening was the money the Saudis were offering to bring him back was way more than what they felt like they would lose. Wow. Wow. Stock price. So, you know, so that's that's really all it took for them. And so that was that's why my decision was mostly monetary. Like, okay. You've 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 told me as yeah. a company what money is important, so I cannot yep. give you my money yeah. any longer. You've got your money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is how they make they they make decisions as a corporation. They right. sit down. They say, you know, do we need to recall this car? Will X number of people die if we don't recall right. it, or is it just cheaper to pay off the insurance claims to the people that do die? Mm-hmm. And they decided it was cheaper to pay off the insurance claims yeah. to the people that die. So he's back. So <sighs> something seemed cool um, through through the void. Uh, you know, like. The stuff that happened with Kofi seemed like it was cool. Was that cool? That was that very cool. cool. It, like... it, it, it continues to be cool. Does it continue? Okay, Because the Kofi stuff is cool. Yeah. New Jane General being celebrated cool. and being awesome, cool. And obviously the Becky stuff. The Becky stuff Becky also stuff seemed cool. Like those two moments seemed like, you know, just from clicking hashtags or whatever, like, yep. oh, these seem like two cool WrestleMania moments that were built up over time. Like, yep. So, like, and I'm, it's funny yeah. how it's when the woman gets to be real big and the dude who's been awesome in black finally gets to win a championship gets real big those are the things that trend yeah and yep. that people are super excited for and they were natural moments they they created themselves they yep. weren't cooked up in the writers room you know right. which i think is why they were so um emotional and why they hit so hard and also partially why i think they're trying to cool becky down so that so they opinions so but but that's a, a question i you know i'd ask you guys at watching it cuz those two moments made it seem like Okay, are they starting to understand that the people who the fans respond to are the people they should push? Like, is that was that okay? No, they've gone right back to what the status quo. Um, And I'm honestly not watching as much. Like, I'm not. There's too much good wrestling right now, especially with the G1. I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm not watching. You know, the seven hours of wrestling I used to watch before. On that note, you know, we're primarily going to talk about Fight for the Fallen. Hell yeah, we are. Look, I haven't finished it yet. And I got. got, and And I say that to say. Probably the biggest difference in my brain now is that like I can't remember how I used to watch fucking five hours of wrestling. Hours <laughs> and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Remember how I used to do five hours a week and then an yeah. extra four to seven on a Sunday. Well, I have recognized that I did a lot of my watching on the bus, and now I'm kind of too busy. So sometimes I wind up lifting more, which makes me sound elite, and I'm sorry. And so I just don't have all I can't, elite. That makes you sound all elite. <laughs> I, I just can't fit in a lot of that. Right? And I'm working more, and which is great. Like I'm not freelancing at home, where I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, I gotta pump out this sixty dollar article, and I can watch wrestling in the background. It's like no, like I'm at a job, mm-hmm. like yeah. doing a work, and so. So it makes it a little <laughs> difficult for me to watch every wrestling. And so I'm literally just going to put my time to the stuff that matters. Yeah. So uh, the big news recently was Heyman and Bischoff coming back to take control of the Raw yeah. Smackdown. Yes. How's that going? It was uh, great for exactly one week. Damn. Yeah. And now Brock's champion again. So. And uh, and Becky's whole story is that her and Seth are in love. Yeah. That doesn't. Uh-huh. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's how we all feel about uh-huh. it. Yeah. Becky, um, oh, she been... is doing great on Twitter. So yeah, she's she's been a breakout star. She's had a bunch of uh, uh, cover stories, and people have been covering her like crazy. People are noticing that she was actually really good in that Marine movie, and I think she is being cooled down because it's another one of those instances where like some people don't want anyone to be bigger than the business anymore, yeah. and she has the potential because of. 
the work that she has been doing to be the next rock. I'm sorry, she does. She does. And she I looks great. She's a great performer. Mm-hmm. She's a great actress. She's great on She's socials. brilliant at She's... social. She knows exactly how to present herself and position herself. Funny on her own. Yeah. But luckily, after we say all of those things, for us and for Mike and us getting to have Mike back, which makes us really happy, there's been the new wrestling company that's been on the rise the last couple of months, All Elite Wrestling. So you said you haven't finished. Fight That's from okay. Fallen. Neither yeah. did they. I, so <laughs> yeah, neither we'll did, get to that. They they also did not get to finish oh, Fight for the Fallen, uh, which we'll get to. We'll get but, to. Um, did you get to watch Fighter Fest we'll or get. Double or Nothing? Yes, yeah. uh, and I, and I've I've yeah. watched all of Fight for the Fallen except for the very last match. Like I'm about mm. 20 minutes into that. And mm-hmm. I don't know how much longer it goes, but it seems like it could go forever. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair assertion. So what did you think of Fighter Fest or Double or Nothing? You got to see those, right? Yeah. I thought Double or Nothing was amazing. I'm going to be comparing all of this to having just watched Fight for the Fallen. And, okay. and so I'll say mm-hmm. that like, I really enjoy seeing AEW in a big full arena, not like a weird mm-hmm. quarter of one. Like <laughs> yeah. that, that felt better. I'm starting to realize that my favorite thing about their product is when guys can have or gals can have one-on-one matches that take a time and tell a story. Two and dudes. usually by the end... Two dudes. By two the, dudes! By the, end, by the dudes. end of one of these matches, typically I know one of the entities and don't know the other, but I have an immense amount of respect for both mm-hmm. coming out of it. What I don't like is a lot of like the tag team matches that seem a little bit thrown together. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and they seem to be kind of entertaining, spot-festy deals for that seem like really great for the people in the audience there but don't really translate well to me as a viewer at home julian is doing that thing where he's tapping his finger on his nose what does that mean it means you hit it on the nose Oh, okay i thought it meant he was like it was like cocaine break time (laughs) (laughs) damn things have changed around here wow julian is juiced up to the gills now (laughs) and that's how we get through this when did we start doing hgh man been doing it forever. Um, I, I think it's it's a really interesting point because there are so many more group matches um, and also watching the G1 at the moment there are so many group matches and yes. I think partly I've given AW a pass even though they haven't been my favorites because I think part of it is them trying to get exposure for everyone on the roster right. while they're trying to build the roster and the awareness of the roster and I always feel like those matches are often especially if they include my my boys Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus <laughs> I feel like it's kind of for the kids a little bit because yeah. they're more fun and spotty and more like look at these crazy guys doing some crazy stuff but, yeah, and, um, I, and I, I, I agree with that too I think those two characters especially stand out in those I formats. love them but I I think when I when I'm watching Fight for the Fall and what I'm noticing, and this is after you know watching three AEW shows, that there's kind of a what I feel like a little bit of a gulf between like the main event people yes. in that organization and like the undercard people. Yep. Like uh-huh. it's, there seems to be a big. I mean, I don't I don't want to call it like a talent gap, but it, when it comes to a Kenny Omega match, no matter what he's doing, I'm there's gravity yep. to it yeah. for me. And it, it and if he's wrestling somebody, I don't know it. The gravity gets created. Yep. in the match and it seems like that can be the same for the Young Bucks it can be the same for Cody um, and I'm just wondering when it comes to a weekly television show I'm wondering how they're going to utilize that roster in a way mm-hmm. right. that uh, that makes it all feel important Yeah, where yes. right now some of it doesn't yeah absolutely agree and that's the thing is we have to wait mm-hmm. for the show to see how they're going to do that because we we always complain that WWE's roster is too stacked and they have people they're not using. Mm-hmm. And I think AEW doesn't have that um, problem. They right. have the reverse problem. <laughs> right. Where they're like, we have a bunch of people you don't know. And we have a bunch of people who are just starting out or people who are just coming up. So we're not invested. We don't necessarily care. Mm-hmm. We're not engaged like we would be with people we know or people we're used to seeing every week. Mm-hmm. I think they've been really clever to do these two mini um, free pay-per-views. Because it gives us time to spend with these people in between the big major then events. What happens when we decide we don't like any of them? Well, I mean, uh, hopefully well, we won't. We hopefully won't. we'll say, um, look at Jungle Boy's luscious hair and look at Jimmy Havoc I, being you, amazing and MJF scoff. He found that diva curl somewhere. Good. Someone good. someone gave him some frizzies. That man's yeah. got that volume. I mean, and if ultimately when, if people don't work, then people won't watch it. And that's going to be how it develops, right? I've never seen a wrestling promotion from the ground up. I, I, right. I don't know, and I'm so excited to find out. I guess the closest thing I've ever seen like that was when TNA first started. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they had so many 
exciting. Established stars. Yeah. yeah. Got, but just even the ones who weren't, like, you had, like, I, I'd never seen AJ Styles before, but he was yeah. fucking exciting. You know yeah. what I mean? And, like, X Division and, like, all these guys who had been killing it on the indies they finally had this place to showcase. And a lot of ways it's very similar. Yeah. There is some, obviously, and I, I know that some people have said that there's, they feel weird that they have to watch Being the Elite to get all this extra stuff. But also we have to remember that when they're doing their show, a lot of the Being, if not all of Being the Elite, I would assume all of it, and maybe they turn Being the Elite into something else, mm. will be focused on building the storylines of folks. Because if it's not going to be that the wrestling is the most the, the biggest thing and it's going to knock you out of your seat, then it's got to be that the storylines do. And so we'll get to see a lot more of that, I yeah. think. Yeah, and character development, that can only come with time and mm. with and you know all we've had really so far is in ring i'm really interested to see how their outside the ring um positioning develops and one other thing uh one other thing to watch for i want to say like two of these guys jericho and moxley have experience being on live television Mm -hmm. so that's going to be really interesting to see them navigate those waters because it's a completely different beast versus just like putting on a show yeah i mean these guys don't have the performance center they don't have that promo class 360 camera fancy shiny this is how to be a television star so it's going to be i think it's going to be a very sharp learning curve and i think it's going to be a bumpy ride yeah they're doing good but i do feel like we're going to get at least one of those minutes where when the rock had his debut and couldn't find the hard cam yeah i think there's a lot of that i even especially that's what really rears its head in those tag matches that they put together there's a lot of them it doesn't seem like a lot of them are used to having to like do the spot in a way that's yeah. open to the hard cam. And even the cameras themselves yes, the feel like they're chasing. And they, yeah. they've said the production it. Like, thing where's the camera? Be like, yeah, interesting. That's... Yeah, because it's, as I understand it, and I might be wrong, and I would love to be corrected if I am, but it seems like Cody and the Bucks, for the most part, are running the shows at the moment. Oh, wow. But while Cody and the Bucks are in the matches, and I think this is what I spoke about at the beginning of the episode, how which you haven't got to the end yet, but basically what happened is after the match, the Bucks are cutting a promo, and music just starts playing halfway through their conversation they're like oh apparently we ran out of time and the roster comes down to the ring and they present a check to the charity that the pay-per-view was was supporting and it just cuts them off and it just seems so sloppy and it's like who had an eye on the clock who was the time guy that needed to tell you you have 10 seconds 30 seconds where was your coding where how do you communicate this with each other and that is not going to fly on tv and that kind of thing i think is what's sort of resonating throughout the show a little bit the timing is a little bit off the production is a little bit off they've spent money it looks shiny but you need that professional person behind the scenes it can't be you guys if you guys are in the ring and they'll they'll definitely get there but yeah it's like you know when you're doing a stand-up show you have someone who shows you the light because Mm -hmm. it's time to wrap up when julian is you know flailing his arms like Kermit and we're not paying attention to it. When he's snorting it. buckets full of coke through the window. It's like, oh, whoop, there's the coke sign. Gag, gag, go ahead. I've right. run out of coke. It's time to get out of here. Julius. I've got to go climb some rocks. Gacked off his tits. He's got to go get V4. It's like, we have that. We have that. We're so lucky. Yeah, maybe so they need Julian. Maybe they need a Julian. I, and I, I sincerely believe that this production stuff will start to smooth itself out but we can't we have to say that hey if we're excited that it feels like you know the indies which you know it's not the indies but if we're excited that it feels like this thing that we love has started to graduate to its next place well maybe there's going to be a freshman 15 sure and that's okay and we have to allow for the freshman 15 um which is not a bad thing, ladies. Um, we have to allow for the freshman 15 for that first couple of months. So we will get more into Fight of the Fallen in a second, but we're going to start with someone who wasn't at the show, which was John Moxley. And so Mike, at someone who sometimes loved Mox as Dean, sometimes mm-hmm. was super over it. What did you think <laughs> about him leaving WWE and then coming on to AEW? I thought it was amazing. I thought that it was really one of those true grand wrestling like shit that can only happen in wrestling if you're like if you're watching the nba like <laughs> carmelo isn't gonna show up with a bulls uniform on and nobody fucking knows it you know what i mean you can only have this shit in wrestling yeah where you all know, of a sudden lebron shows up and he's like back in his yeah. old cleveland uniform right. but that's even LeBron's then, like, music. i think that's lebron but it's like the equivalent of a fucking superman showing up in the middle of endgame yeah. and being yeah. like hey bitch guess what <laughs> And you're like, it's fucking 
that. He's not supposed to be here. Oh just you can't have it anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. And you'd be like, is that what you were looking for, bitches? And then walks away. <laughs> and you're like, you're all fucking talk. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, so that, that, moment, that moment is, is hair-raising and, and business changing. You know, you can just feel the industry shifting. But, I, you know, I was even more fascinated by, I'm sure you guys talked about the podcast that he did with Jericho. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. The, Tell know, us your thoughts. Man. I mean, you just, were here. just his specific critiques and what he was fed up with and how that reflected the same shit that we would all watch at home and be yeah. like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> the fact that that was also his reaction when he would get a script and then he would try to fight and then he would get tired of fighting. Then he would go out there and try to make it work. But there's sometimes you just get shit that you can't make work. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and uh, him being fed up with that and him like specifically just wanting them to change that and feeling like everything would go better. Um I think, man, it, it was just awesome to hear that said as a validation to like all of our tastes, yeah, mm-hmm. and gives us hope that the product and that the creative process will be different in AEW. And I'm I'm excited that they have a big name, you know, that like that's that's something mm-hmm. that a fledgling group is is going to depend on. And having. it's also nice that that big name isn't like fucking fifty. Right. Like, yeah. It's not imagine. Ooh, very true. Yeah, that's it's wild. someone who can still work, who is yeah. still young enough. All right, Mike, we're trying to get everything in because gotcha. we haven't seen you in a while. Mm-hmm. Fashion Corner. Okay, Fashion Corner. <laughs> All right, I remember that. There we go. Uh, so what do you think of both Mox's AEW look Yo. with the combat pants and cutoff jacket and his New Japan biker shorts and knee pads? See, I didn't see the New Japan. and, and when Oh, I heard, it's sexy. When I'm going to pull that, it up for okay. you. It's real sexy. Because when it's I heard hot. that's what happened, it did not make me go rush to pull the link up. I was like, that, was, that sounds fucking strange, man. <laughs> I mean, um, it does feel like you're watching your uncle run around in his underwear <laughs> because I'm used to seeing you fully dressed, and now you've took your clothes off. Now, has he has he stated a reason why he had two different looks? Like I that, literally or? think it's just one of those things where, because I don't think I, I've seen it. I know he's done a run of podcasts, but after Jericho, the rest of them just feel like everyone trying he to do a reach. He said how much he injured Frasier, and I, I enjoyed that. So yeah, that was a fun moment. What I happened? Think, oh, he was talking about <laughs> Frasier and saying how oh, yeah, like, yeah, 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 which yeah, I yeah. enjoyed. Um, yeah. So basically, in this photo that I'm about to show you, he was like, "Hey, Finbala, I see you." Whoa. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's got that's, on. that's Finn Balor's gimmick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do, I kind do, of do, feel do. like he has talked a lot about how he has been inspired because you know he said for a while I was told wrestling can only be one thing and now right. I'm embracing wrestling and doing a bunch of different things. So I wonder if it was just like a fun thing for oh god. This damn, one's even got a little bit of dick in it. So a, Yo, a that's it, that is that is what's casting that shadow. Yeah, that is the shadow. That's a penis. That's a penis. Holy Cow. It's fashion corner slash cock corner. Wow. Yeah. All right, um, right, yeah, it's a nice today. black trunk. Slash tapping titles now. <laughs> oh, so tapping titles um, is me and Luke. our new podcast. It's, oh, it's, really? It's our joking. We must have you on. <laughs> is it a sub podcast of, of I, this I, one? I think it will eventually be a spinoff podcast where it's just us um, speculating wildly about the sex lives of wrestlers. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And, and how tap- they would tap their titles together. Because if you oh, both have a title. Oh, <laughs> I get it. Oh, shit. That's exciting. That sounds so messy and loud. It sounds messy. <laughs> we might actually do it as like a once or twice a year thing yeah. <laughs> like the more we talk about it it's just gaining a lot of traction on social media that's all I'm gonna say that's all I'm gonna say <laughs> I mean because originally it was just us talking about how we knew who was dating by whose cats but now we gotta that's see funny. whose titles are dinged up yeah yeah <laughs> wow and then the new day we're like tapping their own titles with each other on this week's Smackdown is all very exciting okay. it's all yeah. very exciting yeah. alright so we're gonna get into a fight for the fallen the show started with Hal's favorite, I have to mention it. Hal has gotten really into non-WWE wrestling, oh, by the way. It's so joyous. It. You did it. It's so, it, AEW did it. Okay. I mean, I'm so proud of them. It's been pretty great. He's actually, he's been following some G1 stuff. And you know who he likes? He likes MJF. MJF is awesome. He is awesome. Yeah. He likes his scarf. His, he likes his scarf His scarf so is a good scarf. Yeah. Um, so, and then Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears versus Darby Allen, Jimmy Havoc, and Joey Janela. So, what did we think of this match? Obviously, MJ uh, uh, MJF was amazing as always. Sean Spears feels like one of those ones where it's like, feels like trying he's to make trying too hard. Fetch and fetch is, fetch is never going to be. He a is thing. trying to make fetch happen. Well, wait a minute. So, you don't think Sean Spears as a heel or this 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 heel character is is not going to going to work? I don't I think know. It's just not resonating with me. I just, I feel like there is something in his eyes that says, I left 
now love me like yeah. you love oh, Dean Ambrose. Oh, and I am just like, oh, it's just it's coming off you in waves, son, and gosh. I need you to back it up. Yeah, he's and being I a little bit of a why. golden retriever. Like, see? Yeah. You like it? See? Especially Hit, hitting in the head with a chair. Love me. It's like, oh, that's not how that goes. Well, you know what? Let's... I guess that would be part of the, okay them not having a television show and having to do character development mm-hmm. on it's months, hard months apart from each other is that I guess yeah we're supposed to buy that he's had this change of heart with no explanation and mm-hmm. now we're supposed to look at him completely differently mm-hmm. so I guess what's not working is that it's not incremental like it's yeah. full on with no explanation and we liked him but didn't necessarily care about him yeah. we liked him but I would say that because of the booking, no one, there's maybe like a year all spread apart, like mm-hmm. different months and different years of people really like super being into him right. as Ty Dillinger. And so for him to come and be like, hey, remember me, but I'm bad now. It's like, I mean, you have a really cool like video game channel, but mm-hmm. <laughs> other than yeah. that, you really weren't doing a whole lot. And I'm glad because I know that he's been around forever. All those guys are friends with him. I know he's a vet. I know he's good. I'm hoping he gets more of that time on the yeah. show so that I can be like, oh, I care about your motivations. And not just like, you're 10. Yeah. You're 10. <laughs> just be 10. I mean, just they, be they, 10 guy. I do think that they, they do need heels. Yes. So I, I understand it, but it, it seems like maybe the execution of this isn't uh, yeah, isn't necessarily well, working. and I think the problem goes back to that fucking chair shot because that was supposed yep. to be the moment where we all went, "Oh shit, Sean Spears is like bad and whatever." But because of the way that they did it, and I talked about this before, so I'll keep it brief. Because of the way that they did it, the conversation was no longer about his heel turn. It was about, do we like unprotected chair shots? Right. What's going yeah. on? Because with- that is that was my initial takeaway when yeah. I saw it was like. Oh shit! They're doing chair to the head. like they're yeah. doing head ch- chair shots to the head. Yeah, you don't care who does it. Yeah, exactly. it, it, it was a statement of the company yeah. more than it was a statement of a character. Yes, yeah. and so the conversation stopped being about his heel turn and stopped being about him entirely, and started being about as fans we don't like this and and whether or not you believe Cody is a grown ass man and he can decide what shots to take and whether or not you think it was too gritty to watch someone's skin flap it was but whether or not all of those things if it is distracting us from the story you're yep. trying to tell then it doesn't work yep. plus I think he that heel character already exists like you say they need heels but they need more multifaceted heels like I love MJF because he's the snarky um, snide heel it's like old but school heel. yeah they yeah. already have a Jericho and a John Moxley so we don't need another mean ultra violent heel which is what they're seeming to position him as so it's like you're already like a shadow of what we have Moxley as a heel Oh, I, I feel like he's he's hardcore guy. Maybe not heel. He could be tweener more. But I think he's now he's in a Kenny program. He's gonna have to play heel-ish. Yeah. I don't know if people are gonna dislike him. Well, we it's... love him right now because Frasier. Um, <laughs> but I am excited to see how he goes the on. Is <laughs> They're calling him again. It's like he's. I just love the thought of them sat at home in Vegas with that dog in the bed, just crushing like five episodes of Frasier at night because they're just like, you know, we got to go watch all the way through. And then they get to like season seven ish and they're like, you know, it really tails off. We don't have to watch it all the way through as someone who's done that. But um, I tried. I tried. Yeah, I mean, because you, you, the nostalgia for yeah, it, good. you can even forget how much. Kelsey Gravis sucks for a, a big portion of also, it. Also, what neighborhood are they in? They're not in any, any it real neighborhood exist. in Seattle. It Sorry. doesn't exist. That's just uh, very specific Seattle talk. <laughs> but what I'll, neighborhood are you in? We'll watch Niles forever. Anyway, yeah, you're right. He's not a heel, but he's being cast in a hardcore bad guy beat-up role right. right now. I just think Sean Spears hasn't defined himself True. clearly enough for me to... We haven't spent enough time with him. Yeah, he's Sean's still yes. Tengai. He's right. still... I hit people in the head with a chair. Take me seriously. Yeah, I mean, because he has to really, I guess, understand that he was booked. At, you know, and this is coming from a guy who hadn't, hadn't watched WWE since last September. But mm-hmm. my, all my memories of him on the main roster was like, yeah, he's got potential, but he's being booked as somebody who is not a threat to anyone yep. ever. Mm-hmm. So um, that's it. You're so right. I don't consider him a threat. Yeah. I don't look at him and think he's a threat. It <sighs> turns out that when the WWE buries you... You're uh, buried. It does <laughs> actually... You gotta wash the dirt off. Yeah. Oh, you gotta wash he's all that dirt off. to make Fetch happen, and that's so hard. Oh, he's just coughing up dirt at this point. 
All right, so what does everyone think about Brandy Rhodes with friend of the pod, Awesome Kong, taking on Allie? I don't love Brandy as an in-ring performer, and I feel terrible saying it. I don't know why, because I want to support Brandy in all the things she does, yeah. but I just don't love her in the ring. I think that in some ways it it feels a little like dress up, like it because it, she's she's in mm. there with real serious wrestlers mm-hmm. who've been wrestling for years. Yeah, for her to have the position that she has in it doesn't necessarily yep. feel natural. Right, like she wouldn't be doing it if she wasn't right. Brandy. Not 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 she wouldn't be doing it in that like central story position. Yes, yeah. Like know? she might be. I I I like her better, and this is you know not anyone's bad I think but I like her better as the manager that knows how to take a bump yeah and as Zelina Vega sort of role though I also like to see Zelina Vega Vega wrestle wrestle better Um, she's can but yeah no I absolutely agree like I would like to see her in that Zelina Vega role where it's like okay but she looks good taking a bump Mm -hmm. okay but like she can really sell if she gets in there and hits someone or does something I can believe it I don't know that I want to watch her go for 30 and I definitely don't know I don't I need don't, to see her inserted into a title picture right now. And I don't want to pretend like she's on the same level. It's a tough ask. Like, cause, and that's another thing that they haven't had time to establish is like, I know that she brought Kong out at, was it Double or Nothing she brought Kong out? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big surprise, great moment. Yeah. But n- moment. no explanation of why Kong is fucking with her that I've seen. Right. Yeah. I haven't. So like without that connective tissue, you're right. It, it does seem like, why would you as... Uh, you know, super talented, battle-tested, superior wrestler. Yeah. Why are you helping her? And if they're going to position her as the Stephanie kind of character where she's in charge of, uh, even if it's an on-screen, in charge of the women's division, head of the women's division, I think if you're going to be that role, you need to not be in the ring. Mm-hmm. One last match before we take a break. The officially named Dark Order beat Angelico and Jack Evans and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus have my whole ass heart. It's just joy. They're just joy. They're joy in the ring. And I think they bring something to AEW that WWE doesn't have right now, which is, A, a really cute baby face boy for the teenage girls to get into. And teenage boys. Who can say? He's so uh, skinny, though. He is. But I feel like if I was 12 and watching this, oh, right. I would have the world's biggest crush gotcha. on that boy. I would be. He is a non-threatening, <laughs> handsome boy uh, who is androgynous enough not to scare <laughs> a prepubescent Yeah, Lindsay. no. He, he, he could have been on Teen Beat. Yeah, he he's the Joey McIntyre of AEW. Yeah. And I am very here for it. And just dated myself in some <laughs> way. Uh, it's like, why didn't you pick Backstreet Boys? No, um, but I just think they're really great. They And they do still seem, they're not just comedy, they still seem like they're relevant to matches, they're still wrestling, but they also bring that joy and that youthfulness to it mm. that WWE doesn't seem to have. And then, I mean, everyone else in it's just really good. Yeah, I mean, I think that this, this is one of those talented matches that doesn't, it's one of the ones that just doesn't, necessarily hold my attention but also okay so mm-hmm. luchasaurus and um jungle boy super into i think jack evans i love him i, mm-hmm. I don't think he's yeah. being he's being um presented very well there's there's I think some he's a hard i think it's hard because even even lucha underground i think sometimes struggled yeah. to really yeah. present what makes jack evans jack evans and and and, and helico's awesome but i, I think that there's a few talents that they have presented in AEW where like, I'm not sure. Well, it almost seems like do they have a contract? Like, are they going to be part of the week? Because they don't. They're 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 just kind of put in these matches without right. much development backstory or yep. any reason to invest, and they're performing, but it doesn't seem to be headed anywhere. And and um, you know, I wonder if you know, in particularly in Jack Evans and the Helico's case, if if they're going to be mm-hmm. on this thing or not. Yeah. Uh, and in Dark Order, I just can't do it. I just cannot no, do it. No, I just, like I, to like the amount of suspension of disbelief, it asks of me that you're <laughs> gonna have this amazing wrestling show with all of these like uh, indie characters and guys like like you know like a Kenny Omega and a John Moxley and a Cody Rhodes and Blood Feud and, and then the Dark Order, <laughs> like like the, like like 1988 <laughs> WWF. Masks and gimmick, like they look like like the warrior and the barbarian, or like something somebody that used to be in Jimmy Hart's 
stable it, yeah, or the dungeon of like doom. They just stepped out of a generic wrestling machine I, a I, little bit. I, I, I can't. I can't yeah. like I, I, like you like I, I'm getting invested in like human beings <laughs> competing and, and, and luchasauruses. Well, and, I, and I know I know it, it kinda, I know it, it it exposes the hypocrisy in what I'm saying that I am <laughs> but it completely doesn't. aware it, of. It exposes what works and what doesn't, and yeah. why. And when the, it's yeah. good, it's good. Sometimes it's an art, right? It's like we know what we like when we see it. How do you guys feel about a dark order? I got. I, I need. I mean, I, I don't. Persp- I sit at home by myself and I watch this shit. Now I don't have anybody to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> like, you have to tell me, what do you think? It turns out you need a podcast. Yeah, it does. It does. It turns out I do. <laughs> I've been enjoyed their matches but yeah I don't care mm. yet and I'm fascinated to see the tag team division develop because right. AEW have spoken so passionately about their commitment to tag team wrestling we all know from other wrestling outlets how hard it is to do tag team wrestling well how hard it is mm-hmm. to keep it going once it has momentum and how to make people care about the personalities it's so much harder to make people care about two people than it is to make them care about one person right. that's just a fact of storytelling yeah. like it's harder for me to care about these two people and why they want this up together instead of why I for example care about Becky Lynch wanting a title it's harder for me to care about the Iconics wanting a title that's a bad example because I do care about the yeah. Iconics wanting a title well, also- but you know what I mean Pentagon's on there sometimes, and he's my dark. He's your dark order. He's the dark that I need. Yeah, Yeah, for real. Because sometimes he is Pentagon dark. Yeah. Because apparently those guys weren't even doing that gimmick on the Indies. They were doing, like, another gimmick, and they just decided to do this one. Uh Like, the biggest opportunity, you go get the 1986 back. Why? Why? Oh, if you've got any thoughts on 1986 or anything else we've discussed so far, let us know about them at facebook.com slash group slash tightsfights and at tightsfights on Twitter and Instagram. We'll be back with more from Fight for the Fallen up next on Tights and Fights. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And together we present Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. We explain the historical significance of everyday etiquette topics, then answer your questions relating to modern life. So join us weekly on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. No RSVP required. Check out Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Danielle Radford, and I'm joined today by... One of you has to. Oh, I'm sorry. I I just got text saying, hey, Lindsay, it's Mike. I'm like, no, it isn't. (laughs) (laughs) You're literally right there. Sorry. The call came from inside the house. (laughs) It came from inside the booth. (laughs) (laughs) Lindsay Kalk. And... Michael Eagle. We did it. Adam Page has a date with Chris Jericho in a few weeks at the next AEW show, All Out. But this week, he beat Kip Sabian. Nothing? I liked it. Well, okay. I'm Every still time. very disturbed as to why Mike is prank calling me from inside the booth. Yeah, you claim you're the plumber, but who knows? That's what they all say. How did you know about my leaking fridge? Um, I, so I, I love Hangman. I yeah, love He same. is a horse. I love him. He is full gear ready, and I love him. And I realize that's a being the elite deep cut, but I love Paige. I... I'm really struggling with him on AEW um, events. He doesn't seem to be getting across in the way that I've seen him get across before, at least to me. I don't feel like I'm connecting with him as well. We haven't heard much from him. He isn't really speaking. He's just coming out with a kind of slightly flamboyant cowboy weirdness. He's a horse. He's a horse, and I know that from backstory. (laughs) But I think if I had never seen him before and then just kind of okay looking blonde guy came out with like a neckerchief and a lasso I'd be like I don't know you guys <laughs> this seems questionable is the yeehaw agenda not working the yeehaw agenda is I mean he is no old country road is he like this is not okay and I don't know why it's not connecting in the way I want it to because I do love him well, speaking as somebody who hasn't seen really much of him at all oh no uh, I'm not buying it 
I'm not buying right? at all. And he's supposed to be a contender for the title. He's supposed to like he's almost positioned like the lead baby face of the promotion. Yeah. Mm. And I do not I I'm not buying right? it. Like I I for 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 them for him to have that that position for me I would have needed to see a lot more of an arc because just who he's mm-hmm. I don't know maybe maybe that's what they're doing maybe they're just assuming that everybody knows no they are all the back they are, which is such also, a mistake and they're because... also assuming that everyone's watching being the elite yeah. which is where a lot of these not, are and I probably won't and so. you've got to go two years back to really buy into yeah. Paige you know you've got to buy into him killing Joey <laughs> I mean I'm <laughs> laughing because I'm like oh it was funny when he was haunted by Joey Ryan's ghost but, and his boots started talking to him but you don't know that and I, why but, should you but I, I, I do remember that match at all in being entertaining but it seemed like all of the seriousness that you were supposed to give to him was for this comedy angle yeah. that's what it seemed yeah. like and that seemed appropriate but like this positioning this very serious number one contender positioning yeah. is not working for yeah me. he doesn't hold together as well as a serious guy yeah and i want i want to believe they're going to change that because i do think he's a good wrestler and i really have enjoyed watching him and i really enjoyed this match with kip sabian too i thought he was great yeah i think this is just and it's something that i feel like we've touched on a lot here and it might be like a continuing theme of the episode is they're in that weird transitional period they're attracting new people and people who haven't been following them forever but some of it is I've been watching Being the Mm -hmm. Elite forever, so I know what all of these inside jokes means. And then part of it is taking for granted the history of these performers. And I think there's also an element, which it feels petty to say, but I think they're rewarding their gang a little bit. Yes, yes. Yeah, right? And it's like, oh, he's in our gang, so he gets the title shot. And it's like, well, but was that actually the best idea? Only time will tell. And then, you know, because even going back to when I first became aware of him in a Bullet Club... um, you know, with the New Japan stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, I don't ever remember. Clearly, they see something in him that I don't see. Mm. You know, and, and them being the experts, uh, yep. I'm sure that they are correct. But right. whatever it is, it's just, for me, for my eyes, they have not put on display. It's yeah. also, it, it can be hard because I think a lot of us do have um, WCW PTSD where you see that and you're like, you can't make all your guys the top guys, my guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about Paige that, that I try and think about when when we discuss this is when we had Mike Quackenbush on last year mm-hmm. and he talked about the four things that WWE are looking for in someone that comes to try out. I think he just ticks a lot of those boxes on paper. So you look like telegenically he looks mm-hmm. great. He's tall. He's good looking. Mm-hmm. He is a good, well put together package to go on TV. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, people will find him attractive, but he's also like looks great doing the moves. He he is a good wrestler, although that was the thing they cared about the least. You know, like he he seems like he is coachable. I don't know because I've never tried to coach him, but like he has evolved. <laughs> I've watched his wrestling grow and change as he's worked with other people. So I think they probably look at him and say, on paper, he's a star, an up and coming star. Got it. But it. It's just taking so much for granted right now. We haven't heard him speak. True. I need to hear, who is he? All I'm seeing right now is kind of a cowboy-ish guy. If I don't know anything about him, it's kind of a cowboy-ish, cowboy-ish guy coming down to the ring. I'm supposed to believe he's a viable contender to take on Jericho when all I really want to watch is Uncle Slightly Creepy Jericho beat him <laughs> up. Because I know him. Yeah, well, speaking of Uncle Creepy Chris Jericho, he was not in action tonight, but he did appear a couple of times in the night, first beating the crap out of Adam Page and then cutting this promo on him. I'm looking at the blood of Hangman Page on my hand right here, right now. Can you see it? Huh? Can you see the blood of the Hangman on the hands of Chris Jericho. You know, for weeks I've asked for one thing. Just give me a thank you, AEW. Give me a thank you. Shut up, I don't want it from you. Sit down, fatso. He's <laughs> funny. He's the best. See, they're not cheering for Paige, they're cheering for Jericho. Yeah. You know, I realize a thank you really doesn't mean a damn coming from any of you here in Jerksonville. <laughs> Jerksonville, it's so perfect, even though it's actually Duval is what the state is. You don't like Jerksonville? <laughs> Thank you, the good place. How about Jackoffville, is that better? 
Yeah, it's so great. Like he knows like this is cheap heat, so I'm gonna use it because it's specifically cheap. Mike, what did you think of Jericho's new finisher, the Judas Effect? Ooh, how do I feel about a spinning elbow as a finisher? It looks good. <laughs> I, like if you had told me that's what it was, I'd be like, ah, why? Uh, but but I, I think I think it's because he's getting old. I, I certainly that's why. And, and I could I'm not a huge fan of what's the what's the one the code breaker. Code breaker. Okay, not yeah. a huge fan of that because half the time it's like he's like power bombing himself. And like no one's allowed to do the lion tamer anymore, apparently. No. I mean, I, I think it, it looks good. And and did he legit uh, bust open Paige's eye with that? Or Looked did... like it. I don't I, know. I couldn't tell if that was hard way or if that was, but I'm also really bad at that stuff. But it, I That's mean, one of those where I have to like slow it down and do yeah. tail of the tape. He had a full giant black eye though. He yeah. Oh, he was messed up at the end. Frying pan yeah. To do it himself. Yeah. Like, I think that was. I think that was natural. I think they were developing some fun natural. Um, animosity there nice. for the match to come. That's great, but also stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. <laughs> the Lucha Brothers finally got a W in AEW. They beat SoCal Uncensored. I love SoCal Uncensored. I love them so much. Don't like them at all. <gasps> oh, give no. it to me. Tell me. Tell me why. I've been seeing Kazarian and Daniels wrestle for I feel like twenty years. Yes, you at have. least that is that is true. When did they start being like fun loving? <laughs> miscreants Trump. like what 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 is like i just don't i don't i don't understand the characters like with these guys who i've known for like i don't get it and to me it seems you know what it feels like to me mm-hmm. it feels like every time i see them come out it feels like one of those dx reunions 20 years <laughs> after oh, like every no. time it just like it doesn't and and it it all to me it feels very forced it's another one of those things that seems to be trading on a buy in that they have not earned from me oh. at all. Oh, yeah. And so you far- haven't seen Daniels at Universal? Daniels at Universal? No. Oh, he's sweet, sweet water world action. He's the, he, uh, he does the water world stunt show, which is actually really good. What? <laughs> like the lead bad guy. Oh, I think we're ready for a tights and fights group outing to to. Waterworld because it feels right. I can't stop talking about it. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And it brings me joy. Oh, it makes me happy. So speaking of other first-time winners, Kenny Omega got a singles win against OWE SEMA. I enjoyed it. It was a great match. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, We were watching it. uh, Me and Jeff were watching it. And Jeff was like, who is this SEMA guy? I don't know who this is. I'm like, no, I know you don't. But like, watch it anyway. See how it feels. Uh, Remember when you didn't know what any wrestling was? (laughs) And now you love it. Um, so I thought it was a really fun way to introduce a new side of things without taking any heat off anybody, without having to um, build the feud. Obviously, Mox was busy getting his Japan on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was a really fun way to showcase Kenny, but also build that bridge between OEW and AEW. Yeah, I thought it was a, a fantastic match. Um, one of those, like I said, you know, I didn't know much about Shima, but yeah. watching this match unfold, I'm like, oh, this is fucking awesome. Um <laughs> You know what's funny to me watch, about watching AEW too is that uh, Jim Ross on commentary he does this thing where he's like calling the match but also critiquing the product at the same time. Yep. It's so fucking funny to me. And I yeah. forgot that how often he used to do that in WWE. I went back and watched. He does that a lot. Wow. Where he would be remember when someone would have a bad match and he would say that match is as bad as an old shoe <laughs> or like Oh, they didn't quite get all of that, or like, <laughs> like, like he would yeah. call it out. Like, if someone was doing a kick and it didn't connect, and the other person sold it, he would be like, I don't, I don't know about that. But it's smart, isn't it? Refreshing to listen to commentators that don't have Vince McMahon in their ear. Oh, it's great. Like yeah. to be able to hear people expressing their own opinions in a and their own considerate, but, considered, educated yeah. information. He but, called out a couple times, like that's not where the camera needed to be. But <laughs> it, it's funny to me is that he's almost like talk. Like I don't know who's booking AEW, but I feel like he's talking to. To the booker sometimes. <laughs> yeah, like, Cody, I'm, are you listening? He's like, <laughs> he's like all right, we've, we've had quite a few DDTs this match. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, Jim, you can't, you can't do that in front and of everybody. Excalibur's just sat on the side of him texting Cody, going like, tell the box no DDTs. <laughs> like, Look, it's either that or he starts talking about Blue Chew. I know which one I like more. <laughs> I'm never going to no. let it go. Never letting go of Blue it's Chew. It's so hard. Your cat can scratch it. I will never get over that. Yeah, yeah. That was listening to upsetting. a lot of Conrad podcasts, huh? Uh-huh. A lot of Conrad podcasts. Just the clips. Uh, oh, have you listened to the... Oh, just the clips. Have you listened to the one where JR... Oh, it's the JR and, and Conrad podcast. I have Oh, I'm going to send it to you. It's the one where he talks about, like, 
um, like all of that that like weird proctologist shit that mm-hmm. WWE did and how it broke his heart. Oh. It's worth a listen. Okay. But then also, at some point when he's talking about how his family was really sad and disappointed, they start talking about big hard dicks. Um, all right. All right. So the main yeah. event of the night was the Bucks versus the Brotherhood, which is Cody and Dustin Rhodes. I really liked that match. Again, it was a bummer that it got cut off early. I enjoy the story that Cody and Dustin are doing. And I enjoy the fact that they know to keep, because it feels very much like they know to keep Cody out of the title picture, Mm -hmm. but to still do something that keeps people caring about them. And look, in the same way I pop for friendship, I'm a pop for family. Yeah. What'd you think? I, I really loved it. I, I'm enjoying watching uh, Cody and Dustin work together immensely. It just feels like we are getting to see something joyous happen real time. If you listen to Dustin on Jericho's podcast, post their double or nothing match, it was like immense to listen to him talk mm-hmm. about it and be so honest. I He said he will never get in the ring with him again on in a singles match because that match was everything it could ever be. Kind of breaks my heart because mm-hmm. kind of want to see it. Yeah. Kind of want to see him turn and like beat the shit out of his, his little brother. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoyed it. I, I always like watching the books, so I, I, I was in for this. I was sad that that promo at the end kind of got disrupted because yeah. I want to know what they were going to say. And now I never will. Never. <laughs> uh, I didn't finish it. Um, I guess I'm about 20 minutes into that. It, what it makes me wonder about those is going forward as we get to the weekly shows. And so we all know that, you know, it's all elite wrestling. We all know it's Cody and the Bucks doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, are they going to be presented as a unified force or are they going to be presented as like separate entities that yeah. end up, you know. I'm fascinated to see how that's yeah, going to play I'm, out. I'm really interested to see When people happens. have to get moved around in the shuffle and yeah. they're not just main eventers anymore. What happens when we have a tag team champion and it's not the Bucks? Right. You know, right. you can't be on TV every week. You can't be in every match. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that evolves. All right, well, that does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. We are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. This week, your hosts were Mike Eagle. Hey. Good to see you. Good I missed you. you Lindsay Kelk, along with me, Danielle Radford. Does anybody have anything else? I'm sit- oh, no, I don't have anything to plug you. I just sit at home. <laughs> <laughs> It's not true. It is true. You have a dope avocado tree. That's true. Plug your avocados. But that's also at my house. (laughs) A Lindsay. I have books. You could buy those books. And you could go to Mike's house and read them under the avocado tree. You you actually cannot come to my house. Oh, buy her don't books. Do that. Don't, buy the books, but don't go to Mike's don't house. Don't go to Mike's go house. Go we won't even tell you what county it's in. You're, you're, it's you're... super frowned upon to just show up before you're invited, you know? <laughs> like, that's a thing. Um, our producer is the rock climbing master of the V3 trigger, Julian Burrell. Oh. Ooh, senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're also putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long at facebook.com slash group slash tightsfights and at tightsfights on Twitter and Instagram. If you love the show, remember to hit them five stars and have a podcast. Share us with all of your friends. Oh, I forgot to plug my thing. Watch Honest Trailers. Nominated for an Emmy. It's great. Um, thank you so much to the Max Fun members who make this show possible. And we will be back next week for more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Fights. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.